0: support for this podcast comes from san francisco international airport at sfo
1: you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff learn more about what's at sfo at flysfo.com
0: what does motion sound like with kizik Hans free shoes it sounds a little something like this experience the magic of motion get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks From KQED.
2: This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Governor Gavin Newsom said the passage of the latest federal relief bill is a positive development for the state. About $17 billion are expected to flow into California. But there wasn't much more good news out of a briefing held by the governor and his top health official yesterday. The stay-at-home orders affecting most Californians are likely to be renewed and extended into the new year. KQED's Danielle Venton has more.
0: California is seeing surging hospital demand. Statewide, 2.5% of ICU beds are still available, but Southern California and the San Joaquin Valley are at 0% capacity and, Governor Newsom says, expected to get worse. Look, we are anticipating a substantial increase in the hospital surge. That makes it very likely, he says, that the state will not lift stay-at-home restrictions when the current orders expire at the end of the month. The lack of capacity doesn't mean that people are necessarily being turned away for medical care yet, but that some hospitals are activating their plans for surge staffing. California Health and Human Services Secretary Dr. Mark Galley says he's concerned that if current trends hold, that may not be enough.
1: We are worried that certain regions do exceed their existing capacity and even may go beyond the existing surge capacity that they currently have planned.
0: Newsom said the state is asking for more federal help with medical staffing. He's also asked for resources and staff to open an additional field hospital. For the California Report, I'm Danielle Venton.
2: The pandemic has been a mixed bag for a mainstay of the California economy, the Walt Disney Company. Very good for its streaming service, very bad for its theme park business. 32,000 park employees have been laid off, while executives, including Chairman Bob Iger, have restored their salaries to pre-COVID levels. In an interview with our partner station KCRW, Abigail Disney, Walt Disney's great niece, criticized the company's behavior. Last year, the bonuses amounted to almost $100 million for just the top-named executives there in the, in the at the very top of the pile. And I know that when the letter went out about the layoffs, it included lines about how your end date is December 31st, but we're telling you this in the beginning of November. If you find a job between November 2nd and December 31st, you won't get your severance pay. That was Abigail Disney appearing on the KCRW program, The Business. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.
1: Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
2: Weapons used by police to control crowds at demonstrations throughout the state this year are under scrutiny. In some cases, they resulted in physical injuries. Now, as CAP Radio's Scott Rod reports, state leaders are proposing ways to restrict their use.
1: 22 year old Fouché Connor took to the streets in downtown Sacramento earlier this year for his first ever protest after seeing a video of George Floyd die in police custody. I felt a strong sense of togetherness and uh, people were chanting, going on the knee. At the time, Connor was training to be an emergency medical technician with the goal of working in law enforcement. It's a profession he always admired, but as a black first-generation American, he sees racism within the criminal justice system. So he joined hundreds of others that night, calling for an end to police brutality. He says the mood changed when protesters squared off with police near the state capitol. I start seeing more police presence coming. They were in riot gear. They looked like they were holding um, projectile weapons. And it was really unsettling to the crowd. Sacramento businesses suffered widespread property damage and theft that weekend. But Connor maintains he was there to protest peacefully. He was never charged with any wrongdoing. As a CAP radio reporter, I was also there to cover the protests and captured the moment officers fired projectiles into the crowd. I got hit, you know, I went to my knees. Initially, I thought that my eyelid was blown off. Um, I have, it, it still... Um, so you, you me little, Connor still gets choked up talking about the incident, even six months later. It's unclear what kind of projectile left a gash above his eye that required seven stitches. It could have been a foam bullet, a beanbag round, or a flash grenade. Projectile weapons have injured protesters, sometimes permanently, across California this year often during racial justice protests and even at championship celebrations for professional sports teams. Now, calls for reform are echoing throughout state government, including from Governor Gavin Newsom. Protesters have the right to protest peacefully. Protesters have the right to do so without being
2: arrested, gassed, be shot at by projectiles.
1: That's Newsom speaking at a press conference earlier this summer, less than a week after Connor's injury. The governor's office released a report in October that said projectile weapons and tear gas can intensify conflict and recommended police exhaust de-escalation tactics first. Newsom also directed the state's Commission on Police Training to revamp its guidelines for protest response. State lawmakers are also speaking up. Democratic Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez recently introduced a bill to limit police use of projectiles and ban tear gas altogether.
2: There are a lot of examples we now have of people who are just exercising their First Amendment rights who got caught up in a police action that seemed a little heavy handed for the situation.
1: A similar version of the bill stalled last year, facing opposition from California's powerful law enforcement lobby. Damon Kurtz is vice president of the Peace Officers Research Association of California. He says foam bullets, pepper balls, and tear gas are effective when protests turn unruly, and they offer a less lethal option to control crowds that could ultimately save lives. As law enforcement, we continue to evolve. We want to be able to protect the public, and at the same time, we want to, to make sure our officers are safe doing so. We're trying to find that best mix of tactics and equipment is always our goal. He adds that law enforcement is willing to meet at the negotiating table. As the reform debate unfolds, Fouché-Connor says he wants to play a role. He's just not sure whether wearing a badge is the answer. I don't hate law enforcement, obviously because I wanted to be part of them. But this needs to change. Is me being part of the law enforcement really helping it change, or is there something more I can do? He says it's a question he asks himself every day. For The California Report, I'm Scott Rodd in Sacramento.
2: And that is The California Report for this Tuesday, December 22nd. I'm Lily Dramali. Thanks so much for listening.
0: The report for the California Report comes from Stanford Medicine, protecting your health and providing dependable care with safe, in-person appointments and video visits. StanfordHealthCare.org AdaptingCare. California Health Care Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care, on the web at chcf.org Voices, and Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at schmidtfutures.com. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners.